Good morning, all. How's everybody doing? Doing well? Good. Be turning in your Bibles, the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 4. We'll begin there in just a moment. As we get all set up up here, it is amazing that uh, the Archons have been married for one year. I didn't realize that that. wedding anniversary uh, was coming up, and that's great. We're continuing on with uh, the series that we started last week um, with the theme of fan into flame, or get things going, get things hot uh, in your life. And today, I think will be a really interesting study for us and a good uh, discussion, is that the title for today is Spiritual Growth That Can Be Seen. Spiritual growth that can be seen. You know, sometimes when you when you talk to someone, say, "Hey, how are you doing spiritually?" I'm doing great, uh, but there's never any explanation. Uh, you know, uh, you're like, "Well, okay, uh, I can't seem to uh, see any difference." You know, some things in life, if it grows, you can actually tell the difference. Uh, can you think of anything like that? What's that? Your hair, uh, your bank account. You know, if it's growing, then you know you can tell it's growing. Uh, if uh, if you put on a little weight, uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe you you had to change uh, the hole in your belt that you use, you know, or uh, or something like that. But uh, we're going to talk about growth that can be seen. Now, are you in First Timothy four? Okay, verse 15. And we're not going to look at all he says in chapter 4, because chapter 4 is really, really, really good stuff if you're a minister. When I do minister's classes, um, I often do 1 Timothy 4. It is just a blowout passage on how to be a minister, how to conduct your affairs, how to be successful in the ministry, etc. But anyway, it's that discussion that he's having with Timothy, and in verse 15... He says, be diligent in these matters. In other words, the things that I mentioned previously that we're not going to talk about, but uh, you can read about if you want to go back and read it, of course, on your own time. He says, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that, what? Everyone will see your progress. This is growth that can be seen, isn't it? Everyone may see his progress. Now let's theorize for a moment. What do you think that over a a month or a six month period of time that they might see in Timothy that would be indicative of him growing spiritually? What do you think they might have seen? Yeah, He says that everyone may see your progress. What did they see, do you think? I'm sorry? Maybe being more bold as he uh, preached the word. Yeah. Serving more. They, they saw him in more people's homes doing things or something like that. Yes, ma'am. Holding your tongue. Uh, maybe being more disciplined in what he said. Uh, and, and being a little wiser in that, in that kind of way. I saw another hand over here. I guess I did. Yes, sir. Uh, just in the way that he Okay, maybe just a general observation that his interactions with the congregation there uh, were different. And they saw growth in him. Now, let's shift gears. And this is going to be an interesting little exercise. We'll see how it goes. 
If you think back over the last, say, six months or twelve months, for those of us who are members of the, uh, of the congregation here, who have you seen growth in? And, yes, name names. Yes. Adrian. In Adrian. I see a lot of growth in Adrian. What have you seen? Um, well, he's serving in a greater capacity. And that means that his heart has changed towards just being a, adding a life that is as being giving. And so he's serving in the team ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also seen him just grow in his character and how he deals with challenges, challenges in his life. Okay, so good. He's dealing with it more spiritually. Growth that can be seen. Okay, who else? Yes, Laura. Good. Well, you know, sometimes it actually helps to not be around someone for a while because then you see them and you can really, you know, you can see the difference a little bit clearer because you don't see them on a consistent basis. Sometimes if you see someone all the time, there may be growth, but you may not be quite as sensitized to it because, you know, it, uh, it incrementally came along and you didn't notice it. Anybody else? Yes. Uh, I think my son, Christopher. Christopher, down here in the front row. He's a good person here, not only in school, but just his attitude and even when direct them in certain things, he's just been having a, a better attitude, so very proud of him. Good. Well, and I can tell he's growing physically. Uh, I mean, <laughs> my goodness. I don't know what you're feeding him over there, but that kid is, uh, he, he's expanding. He's going to be looking down on both mom and dad. Uh, yes? Well, I've seen growth in all my guys. I want to specifically lift up Joe Diaz, who's a new hero Christian. Joe's right there. This past Friday, this past Friday, he brought three of his roommates to a Friday night demo. That was really cool. And also, one of his roommates here today at church. He was there. Jumping spray, you guys listen to the Okay, fantastic. Anybody on this side of the of the auditorium? Yes, ma'am. Um, Good, good, good. Anybody up in this uh, quadrant up here? Yeah, way back in the back. Um, I think I see a lot of growth in Shanae, how because of her growth in the relationship with God, there's changes in her relationship with her husband. Excellent. Well, it's important to be able to live a life that you're growing, right? You know, if you say, okay, you know, do, do you want to grow spiritually or regress? Obviously, you want to grow spiritually, right? If you grow spiritually long enough, it's going to be something that people around you can notice. Now, spiritual growth is a result of many things. It's not a singular thing that causes someone to grow or causes everybody to grow. Spiritual growth sometimes takes place in easy circumstances. You go through a time in your life and things seem to be all just sort of falling into place. Have you ever had a time like that where you look back over the last several months, you're like, wow, man, my life is just cranking. And correspondingly, you notice that as spiritual growth. On the other hand, sometimes great spiritual growth takes place during difficult times, hard times. And the hard times in and of themselves don't necessarily create spiritual growth, but they create an environment that brings about 
growth in our lives. Sometimes spiritual growth seems easy. You're like, hey, what's the big deal? This is easy. Other times, spiritual growth is like trying to pull a nail out of concrete. It, is, it just seems so difficult, so hard in my life right now to grow spiritually. What I have for you today is three observations about spiritual growth that I think apply to everybody in this room in one way or another. Let me give you the three. We'll go back and we'll study these passages together. I think it'll be a good time. Number one, spiritual growth is impacted by others. We are absolutely impacted in our spiritual growth, good and bad, by other people. And that's part of God's plan in our life. Number two, spiritual growth is impacted by personal expectations. In other words, you're probably going to grow if you want to grow, and you're probably not if you don't have any expectations. You might, but probably not. And number three, spiritual growth is impacted by personal effort. Look in your Bibles to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. This is point number one that we're going to study here in this passage in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Spiritual growth is impacted by others. Now in Ephesians 4, the context of what you have is the Apostle Paul doing what he often does in his letters is that he is going to pivot now from sort of the theological part of his letter to now the practical part of his letter. And that starts out with chapter 4. And in most of Paul's letters, you have that sort of way that he writes. He hits the theological things and then he hits the practical things and the applications of people's lives. In chapter 4, verse 1 here, he begins, now I'm going to get practical. I'm going to talk about how I want you to be applying these things in your life. Of course, he's writing to the church in Ephesus. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord then. This is part of the prison epistles. He's in a Roman prison right now. So he says, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. He says, okay, now we're going to talk about practical life. This is how I want you to live in this practical life. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And so he starts off with these sort of these characteristics of the heart. That he wants them to be humble. He wants them to be patient. He wants them to learn how to bear with each other. You know, I always get such a, an interesting laugh when you read the Scriptures and you realize Paul is writing to people thousands of years in our history. If we're looking backwards in time and he's telling them, hey, you need to learn how to get along with each other. My goodness. My goodness. If there's any message that should apply to us today, it's this. In our country in this time, we have more division and more not getting along with each other, it seems, than we've ever had, or it seems like we've ever had in a long time anyway. But he's talking about these things of, of, of more the heart and the kind of person that he wants them to be. He talks about making, the, the, making an effort to keep things unified. And he talks about the ones and he talks about all that. Now he comes on down then, he says, but to each of us, in other words, each individual person, 
The grace, uh, grace has been given as Christ has apportioned it. So he's saying, okay, to this person I gave this. To this person I gave this. To this person I gave that. And if we put them all together, it makes it all work together. He comes on down in verse 11. He says this. It was He who gave some to be apostles. He blessed some people with the circumstances and situation to be able to serve in that role. Some to be prophets. Some to be evangelists. Some to be pastors and teachers. All that, then in verse 12, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attending to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. He's saying, all of us have been given an opportunity and an ability to have an influence on others around you. Now you think about that in the context of your life. What did God give you to be able to have an influence on others around you? He comes on down in verse 14. Then we'll no longer be infants. In other words, young, unable to conduct our affairs. An infant will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Him who is ahead, that is Christ. In other words, we're going to grow because of the influence of other people on our lives. And part of what these people are going to do is they're going to speak the truth in love to us and we're going to grow up. And then in verse 16, From Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This passage is talking about how spiritual growth is brought about by the influence of people around us. Now, that influence can be good or bad. It depends on who the people are. And it depends on how you allow them to influence your life. Think in your life backwards now. All of us can do this and come up with a name and a picture in our face, uh, in our mind's eye, uh, really quickly. Think of somebody that had a very positive influence on your life. May have been your parent, may have been a teacher, may have been a coach, may have been a good friend. Somebody that had a good influence on you. Somebody that they said things to you that were very helpful for you in your life. Now, on the other hand, on the other side of the continuum, think of someone in your life that was not a good influence on your life. That was, in fact... A negative influence on your life by something they said to you. Could have been a parent. Could have been a teacher. Could have been a coach. I mean, the same categories, right? It's the people around us. Spiritual growth comes about, as he's talking about here, by the influence of others in your life. By speaking the truth in love to you, telling you something in love that you need to hear. Perhaps, 
Not what you want to hear. Now, maybe you want to hear it, and maybe you don't. But part of the spiritual growth here comes about by someone having an influence in your life. Look over to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 28. He writes, uh, Paul obviously writes uh, the book of Colossians as well, and he says something similar to them in their relationships with each other. He says, We proclaim Him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all His energy, which so powerfully works in me. We proclaim Him. We say things about the Lord, about Jesus, admonishing and teaching each other, or everyone, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. Spiritual growth comes about in our lives because somebody has a good influence on us. You have to ask yourself a couple questions here in this context of growth that can be seen. Are you part of the solution? Or are you part of the problem? In the relationships that you have, the, the, the circle of relationships that you have in your life. Are you part of the solution to them growing spiritually? Or are you part of the problem with them not growing spiritually? It's not a guarantee one way or the other. But I will say this, it should clearly be the intention I want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. I don't want someone to be doing lousy spiritually and then be able to look back and say, you know, the reason I'm not doing well spiritually is because Marty is such an idiot. Every time I get a little momentum, he says something that just cuts my legs out from underneath me. Every time I get going a little bit, Marty shows up. And messes me up. And I, you know, it's been, I have to spend a week trying to, you know, decipher myself and, you know, figure myself out. That kind of a thing. It should be our desire. It should be one of our goals in our life. I want to help other people. Parents. Parents. You need to really ask yourself. Sit back. Moment of utter honesty. Am I saying the things to my kids that are being helpful? You say, well, I'm telling them the truth. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you figured this one out yet, but just because something's true doesn't mean it needs to be said. That is a Martyism, by the way. Uh, that, That will be in the book. Just because something true doesn't need to be said. We need to want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem as we interact with our children. Teenagers, are you part of the problem? Are you part of the solution with your parents feeling good about being parents? Do you make your parents feel like, man, I'm so fired up to be a parent? (laughs) Or do you say thanks to your parents... That, you know, your mom goes in the room and starts crying. (laughs) 
husbands. Are you part of the solution? Are you part of the problem? Does your wife love to have long, deep talks with you? Or does she do everything she can to avoid it? Longer it goes, the more likely it's going to go bad. Let's just have a short talk and leave it at that. Wives! (laughs) You know where I'm going. Spiritual growth is a factor of other people in our life. Number two, spiritual growth is impacted by personal expectation. Look over to Hebrews chapter 5. You guys with me here? Hebrews 5. This is a passage that talks about some people that weren't growing. Number two, spiritual growth is impacted by by personal expectations. Hebrews 5, verse 11. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature. Now get this. Solid food is for the mature. So there's a possibility to be mature. There's a possibility to be immature. The possibility is out there for every one of us to be either one. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now, the first whole point was how other people teach us, how other people train us, how other people have an influence on our life, right? That's all, that's all point number one. But point number two is that spiritual growth is determined, at least to some degree, by your personal expectations. Right. What do you say? Let's read verse 14 again. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Who trained them? They trained themselves. I have become more a believer of this the older I've grown in my life is that ultimately you can't force people to do something they don't want to do. Now, it is true, you can force people to do something for a short period of time. But my observation in my life and my observation in many other people's lives is that the problem with this thing is that if you are forcing somebody to do something and they don't really want to do it, the moment that they think you aren't watching them, what do they do? They quit doing it. Because the only reason really that they're doing it is because they don't want you busting you know, their butt about it. And so, yes, they will comply as long as they feel like they must. But when it's their choice, then they're like, forget this. Because I don't really want to be doing this anyway. I'm only doing it to keep you off my back. A lot of college students go through this. You see kids go through high school. They are cranking. They got great grades. They're, they're, they're buzzing on through. They get to college and they bomb. 
These are kids that, that had great high school grades. And they get to college and they just bomb out. It's a semester or two and they flunk out. What happened? I don't know. A lot of things might have happened. But I tell you, one of the possibilities of what might have happened is that they were doing what they were doing in high school to keep their parents off their back. And the moment they got out of arm's reach, they said, I've had enough of this. I'll go to class if I want to go to class. I'll do my homework if I want to do my homework. And of course, we all know when you get to college, there's there's a a greater sense of individual uh, responsibility. Uh, You know, you can go to class if you want to go to class. You don't have to go to class if you don't want to go to class. You don't have to do your homework if you don't want to do your homework. Of course, it's all going to come, you know, crashing down on you sooner or later. A lot of people learn that. Sometimes people flunk out of college and then end up going back to college and doing great. Because what did they learn? I guess I got to do it because I want to do it. They're plenty smart enough to do it. The issue is not their smarts. The issue is whether they really wanted to do it or not. But this whole thing of spiritual growth is, is an issue of personal expectation. Yes. Well, let's think about this for a moment. How much do you really expect out of yourself? Because at the end of the day, nobody is going to make you do many of the things that you should do that a faithful Christian should be doing. Right. No one's going to make you do it. No one's going to stand over you and make you do it. It's an issue, do do you really want to do it or not? Read your Bible. Pray. Reach out to others. In in a sense of, of, of encouraging brothers and sisters in the Lord. Reaching out to others in a sense of trying to bring those who are not saved into salvation. Amen. This is an issue of personal expectation. Do you want to do it? These people train themselves to distinguish good from evil. They train themselves to do it. And I think we need to understand, we're talking about growth that can be seen. If someone is growing, it probably is a result, at least in some degree, because they want to grow. In other words, that you, you, you see them and they're clearly making progress in their faith and you can probably make the, the accurate assumption they want to grow. And therefore, they are growing. Not to say that just because you want something means that it's going to happen. You know, a lot of times in life you say, well, hey, I want to help someone become a Christian. And you share your faith and nothing happens. You're like, well, I wanted it, but nothing happened. Well, you know, the concept of sharing your faith and someone becoming a Christian is not just a matter of what you want. You know, that's like the guy says, well, I want to date that girl. I asked her out on a date. What's wrong? Well, evidently she didn't want to go on a date with you. You understand what I'm saying? Just because you want something doesn't necessarily mean that it's automatically going to happen. But spiritual growth is a a, a product of what you want to happen in your life. And this requires, in some ways, this this is a little hard line right here, okay? Give me a hard line moment. This then says, if you're not growing spiritually, maybe you need to take some responsibility for that in your own life. But take heart. You're not, you're not the first one that ever had that problem. Look over to John 21. 
You're not the first person in the world that ever had the problem that, hey, I don't seem to be growing and somebody else seems to be. In John 21, Jesus is having a conversation with Peter that started out with, you know, Simon, do you love me? And went through all that. And we come on down in that discussion. We pick it up in verse 20. It says, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. Now, to give you an insider's insight here, that's John. The guy who wrote that is who Peter is looking at. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following him. So Peter and John, or Peter and, and Jesus are walking along. They're walking along and they're talking. And Peter looks and behind them is John. Now look what he says. It says, this is the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? <laughs> you got to see this, guys. Jesus and Peter are walking along and John is behind him, walking behind him, and Jesus is just cleaning Peter's clock. You need to love me. You need to get your heart right. He yeah, Read it, man. He, he's hard on Peter. Three times he goes after him. And Peter's like, oh, oh, oh. well, what about him? What about him? Now look, this is, this is loving, cuddly Jesus here. <laughs> Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Now for some of us, we wish Jesus to be a little bit more modern. But Jesus wasn't having, he wasn't not even getting that discussion. If I want him, he said, that's his business, not your business. You must Follow me. If you want to grow spiritually, take responsibility for your spiritual life. You say, oh, Marty, I like point number one. I need to have someone really good around me to help me. I hope you have someone really good around you. But point number two is, you better take responsibility for your own spiritual growth. Point number three, spiritual growth is is impacted by personal effort. Look over to 2 Peter chapter 1. You guys with me here? Yeah. Come on, don't be losing energy. Second right. Peter. Second Peter chapter one. Right. I, I I love this passage of scripture. This is really a good one, guys. If this is not one you like, then uh, hopefully today I'll convince you to like it. But then, in Second Peter chapter one, His divine power, meaning God's divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Wow, there's a lot there. I wish I had more time to go into it. But the basic word there that I love is everything. He's given us everything we need. I've got everything I need to get where I need to be spiritually. I don't have everything I need to get to where someone else needs to be spiritually. I've got everything I need to get where I need to be spiritually. You get that? Okay. Through these, in other words, His goodness and His His knowledge of Him, through these He's given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. In other words, that means you can live a relatively happy life in a really stinky world sometimes. Hadn't changed much, has it? 
for this very reason, make every effort, make every effort to add to your faith. Faith is like the foundation. And now we're going to start adding into this foundation the other qualities, the internal qualities that make a person a solid, reliable, mature Christian. Goodness. (laughs) They're just good. Goodness. And a goodness knowledge. They're they're a knowledgeable person. They know the Scriptures. They know uh, uh, what, what God's will is. And the knowledge, self-control. They've learned to get themselves under control. And the self-control, perseverance. They're not only getting under control, they're tough. They're, they're, they're perseverant. And the perseverance, godliness. Man, they're developing a godly character. And the godliness, brotherly kindness. They've even learned to be nice to other people around them. And the brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he's nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he's been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. If you do these things, you will never fall. And you'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, point number three here, spiritual growth is impacted by personal effort. Make every effort. I want to grow spiritually. So I'm going to make every effort. Let me break this down to some practical things, okay? And hang, hang with me here. That, that your personal devotional life is totally an issue of your effort. If you want to have a great personal devotional life in your life, You'll do it. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. All you have to do is sit down, open your Bible, and read. And, and, and most of you can read. <laughs> but you've got to want to. If you want to be the, the encouraging person where you are, you are constantly giving somebody a phone call, you are constantly going up to someone at church and saying something encouraging, that is within your realm to do it. But you're not going to do it unless you decide to do it. That's not something that you do it and you say, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I just said something encouraging. <laughs> that this, is not, this doesn't happen by accident. This happens by design. You want to do it and you make the effort to do it. You want to help someone become a Christian. Share your faith. Bring someone to church. Bring someone to Bible talk. Set up a study with someone. You're going to do that because you love other people. Because you want to go through the uh, past the awkwardness of being afraid to share your faith. You're going to do that because you want to do it. Because you choose to do it. All these things. You want to get really practical? Wednesday night we're having a regional midweek. You know who's going to be there? Everyone who wants to be there. Do you want to be there? Christianity is a religion that is based upon a premise that you want this and you're choosing to do it. In the midst of that, Paul writes the letter to instruct and to encourage him to make every effort. These are people that had committed their lives to God. Yet still they needed to be encouraged. They needed to be instructed to make every effort. Let's, let's wrap this thing up. 
Timothy, I want you to do these things so that everyone can see your progress. We're talking about growth that can be seen. Growth that can be felt. Growth that can be observed in our spiritual life. I want to grow spiritually. I hope you want to grow spiritually. Listen to these things now. Listen to them. Spiritual growth is impacted by others. Try your best to surround yourself with people that are going to have a positive influence on you. Try to be that person for other people around you. Realize that spiritual growth is impacted by personal expectations. I'm going to grow at least true in some degree because I want it. I want to grow spiritually. And number three, spiritual growth is impacted by effort. I want to make the effort that is that is hand in glove with my expectation. I want to do it, therefore I'm going to make the effort to get done what I choose to get done. I hope our study today has been good for you. Please go back and go over these major these passages, Ephesians 4, Hebrews 5, and, and, and 2 Peter 1. They are just stuffed full. We just scratched the surface a little bit of these great passages of Scripture. The one thing that they all have in common is they all talk about the concept of spiritual growth. Remember, next Sunday, uh, Latinos are here. The English-speaking are over in uh, uh, Glendale. And, uh, and we'll be good, good to go from there. By the way, how many people think uh, New England's going to win? How many people think, how many people think the Eagles are going to win? Amen. I, 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 I like you people. I'm tired of the Patriots. Have a great week. We love you.